0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Gracious God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. You can be seated. Well, as Jay mentioned, we are going to pick up um, the story that we started reading yesterday, where we left off, and so I'll be reading from John chapter 9. If you'd like to open your pew Bible, and be reading verses 8 through 17 and 34 through 41. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now, The day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He's a prophet. And now, skipping down to verse 34, the Pharisees say to him, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, "'You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you.' Then Jesus said, "'Lord, I believe,' and he worshipped him.' Jesus said, "'For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind.'" Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, "'What, are we blind to?' Jesus said, "'If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin.'" But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, one of the many ways that the Advent has blessed me over the years is by supporting me for several years while I was serving as a missionary in Nicaragua. And some of you actually came and visited me there or maybe visited the Diverts while they were there. And so you might remember that driving in Nicaragua can be a little bit of a harrowing experience. Um, And I, I found it especially difficult at night because you could always count on the old trucks on the highways to not have working headlights, which is a problem at night. And so I did usually try to avoid driving at night when I could, but on occasion, I would need to be in the capital city down in Managua for first thing in the morning for a meeting or a flight or something like that. And so... On those occasions, I would leave Matagalpa in the early hours when it was still pitch black, and I would start down the mountain nervously, anxiously waiting the first sign of light. And inevitably, just as I was cresting the last hill going down into the valley where Managua was, um, and, and the, the, view, the sweeping view of Lake Managua opened up before me was when the first light would dawn. Some of you might remember that view. It's really stunning, and even with just that first glimmer of light every time, I would breathe a little bit easier, knowing that it was only a matter of time before the sun would shine brightly. So yesterday, we talked about the dramatic healing of this man who was born blind, and we decided to give him a name since we were going to be spending quite a bit of time with him. We call him Tom, and so Jesus' healing of Tom was a clear signal that the light had dawned, that the Messiah had come, and the kingdom was breaking in. And Jesus showed us that he sees the rejected, he pursues the outcast, and he invites us to become part of his new story. But if you look at John chapter 9 carefully, you'll notice that Tom's physical healing isn't the only notable thing that happens. And it might not even be the most notable thing. In the words of Jesus that John records here, it's really clear that much more was at stake than even John's physical healing, which was remarkable in and of itself. When Tom washes in the pool, he experiences immediate healing from his physical blindness, but just like the dawning light over Lake Managua that's only the beginning of the gradual and inevitable illumination from his spiritual blindness. And that's what we're going to focus on today. When we meet Tom, he was in the dark, literally. And he knew it. Remember, Tom was spending his days sitting on the side of a road, um, begging, where he would have been pretty exposed, if you think about it. He was because he was blind and and sitting down low, he would have been unable unable to defend himself against people pushing or kicking him out of the way or maybe splashing mud up on him or calling him names or maybe even spitting on him. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom had become a bit jumpy, a little bit uh, skittish to the human touch. I wouldn't blame him if he had been. And yet, somehow... Tom allowed Jesus to get up close to his face and to put mud on his eyes in that strange and mysterious act. Can you imagine how vulnerable and tender that moment would have been between the two of them? I wonder if maybe Tom wondered if people were about to jeer at him like it was, it was some joke. But the thing is, he was so desperate for something to change that he allowed it. So Tom begins in a place of humble desperation. He was blind, he was vulnerable, he was in need, and he knew it. So maybe that's why when this stranger comes up to him and tells him to go and wash his eyes in the pool, even though it didn't make any sense, he did it. He was out of other options, he was at a dead end, and there was nowhere else to turn, so what else is there to do but try? And that's Tom's first act of faith. We think it's so much more complicated than this. We think that we have to muster up some sort of respectability, some sort of um, presentability. But Tom shows us that the beginning of discipleship is simply to know that we're desperately in need and to allow Jesus to come near to us. Then we see... uh, Then when when his neighbors and his friends see Tom walking around with functioning eyes, they are understandably astounded and a little bit confused. And so they ask him how it could be possible that he would be so transformed. And the truth is, Tom doesn't really know. All he knows is this, this man called Jesus, came up to him, put mud on his face, told him to go wash in the pool, and now he could see. And Tom just tells what he knows without embarrassment or excuses, and that's also an act of faith. In the face of mystery, in the face of what he doesn't understand, Tom, who has lived a life of uncertainty, he embraces what he's seen, even with the limited way he understands it. But the Pharisees are a different story. They have built a life around certainty and knowledge and precision and power. When they are confronted with this mystery, they're threatened by it. Just like the disciples at the beginning of the chapter when we talked about them yesterday, the Pharisees are desperate to explain what's happening, to control it. There's no way that this Jesus could be from God, they conclude. He doesn't fit our categories. He's not tamed by our laws. And there's no way this blind man could be anything but a sinner. This kind of thing doesn't happen to people like us. They go against their own theological principles. They even go against common sense in order to gain a sense of control over this situation. Their blindness becomes more and more determined, and in a final act of blindness, the Pharisees throw Tom out of the synagogue. What they can't explain, they reject. I wonder how often we have missed receiving the goodness of God because we're determined to reject what we can't explain. But at the climax of this story, Jesus comes back to find Tom. Just as he sought him out when he was blind, Jesus seeks him out when he's rejected, when he's been cast out. And for the first time, Tom actually sees Jesus. I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus didn't stick around to see what happened after Tom went and washed. And so Tom had never seen the man who healed him. And all at once, Tom sees Jesus clearly for who he is. You see, the event of Tom's healing, of gaining his sight, was only the beginning of his transformation. We see throughout the story how he gradually gains more and more understanding about what has been done for him and by whom. At first, in verse 11, Tom simply refers to the man they call Jesus. That's all he knows about him, his name. And later, Tom says that this man must have been a prophet, I guess. And then a little later, he becomes more certain, and he argues that uh, Jesus must have been sent by God. And finally, when he sees Jesus face to face, he calls him Master, Son of God. And in an act that's full of faith and understanding, Tom worships Jesus. It's like a bud opening or the sun rising. It's slow, But it's irreversible. Tom understands more of the gift that he has received, and as he does, we watch his faith become more solid, more precise. Friends, I think that Jesus wants us to see here that this is what it means to be a disciple, to be on the long journey of realizing the grace that you have received and from whom. We're all blind and in the dark. We're all frail and vulnerable and desperate for help. But many of us are like the Pharisees or like the disciples. We're desperate to control our blindness, our frailty, with certainty, with knowledge, with superiority. But in Jesus' kingdom, those who say they can see are blind. It's those who know they're blind who can see. Jesus says... Everyone is blind and in the dark, but I have come to shine into the darkness and bring light. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, but he also says, for judgment, I have come into the world. Judgment is this unveiling and exposing of the deepest realities. Have you ever heard that that saying that the same sun that melts wax also hardens clay? The same act of grace that sets Tom on a journey of faith hardens the Pharisees' blindness. That's because just as Jesus came as the light that heals, he also came as the light that reveals. Jesus is the light that brings new life to a dead world, and he's also the light that exposes hearts, dividing the world between those who know they're blind and welcome the light— and those who deny their blindness and reject the light when it comes. So this story offers us some invitations. If you see yourself in the blind man, in Tom, if you feel desperate, rejected, cast out, at the end of your rope, unseen by the world, there's an invitation to see and to believe. Jesus notices hurting people. He finds rejected people. There's no darkness that can overcome the light of the world. He offers us more than just a simple understanding of our pain. He offers us hope. He offers us himself. We can't control him or explain him, but we can receive him. And if you see yourself in the disciples and the Pharisees, if you feel anxious to keep uncertainty at bay, desperate to explain and control what you don't understand, if you find yourself dividing up the world into categories, putting yourself on the right side of the lines, this story offers you an invitation to mystery, to trust, to faith. Real sight is knowing that you're blind, and that's the beginning of discipleship, to recognize your need to be healed, and to be open to the flooding light of Jesus Christ invading your life. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, light of the world, we ask that you would flood our lives with your light. In the face of our frailty, in the face of what we don't understand, what we can't control, Jesus, give us the simple faith of this blind man. By your grace, make us those who can humbly and unapologetically say, this I know. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.